ESPN 94.1 FM at AM 930 present The Drive. Brought to you by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Local then, local now. Never FDIC. It is Tuesday, November 10th. Your drive begins now on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. You can join the program by calling the Miller Lite phone lines at 877-420-TALK. That is 877-420-8255. Miller Lite, hold true. Great taste. Only 96 calories. It is the original light beer. Coming up today on the program, we're going to hear from Chip Walters, longtime play-by-play voice of Middle Tennessee. We're going to hear from him, get his thoughts on the upcoming game. Also, later on, usually... When we have Chris Dickerson on, it's to talk about something maybe uh, J-School related or something journalistic from a story standpoint. This time, Chris is waiving all rights to being a journalist here, and he's just a parent because right now there's a lawsuit going on, and they're trying to, in Putnam County, figure out why they're not being afforded the opportunity to play in the state volleyball tournament. Several schools impacted by this. Uh, I've just been following this uh, on a uh, surface level. So Chris is going to get me caught up on everything going on because right now, uh, I believe it's being heard right now. So we're going to talk to him a little bit later on the program, kind of get the the details on this. But – All three Putnam teams have filed a lawsuit, and the hearing is going on right now, so hopefully we'll have some information a little bit later on about this. And Chris will definitely tell us uh, what the deal is. Uh, But uh, just to to qualify that, uh, he is a parent when we talk to him about this, but uh, he'll give us the information on what the lawsuit is, what the objectives are as far as uh, the volleyball teams in Putnam County and the WVSSAC. So that's what's coming up a little bit later on. So we've got that. Also, I promised you before we go to break, we're going to hear from Asher O'Hare, the quarterback for Middle Tennessee. Later on, we'll hear from your reigning Offensive Player of the Week in Conference USA, Grant Wells. So we've got a jam-packed show today. Let's start with what's happening in Conference USA today. Some bad news, sad news. Really, I don't know how to describe this because it's just terrible what has continued to happen because, unfortunately, the pandemic has gotten out of control in some regards and it continues to linger on and it doesn't seem to be going away anytime soon. But, unfortunately, many Charlotte 49ers athletic employees are going to be required to take 10 days of unpaid leave between now and June and that's because of the impact that COVID-19 has had on the program. The furlough will apply to all employees making $50,000 or more annually and will include football coach uh, Will Healy and men basketball coach Ron Sanchez. Uh, Employees have until June 30th to complete furloughs, allowing for uh, seasonal flexibility. So, unpaid the worst news could be it could be permanent, but on furlough, you, you basically you're not coming into work and you're not getting paid. So, I mean, again, uh, tough to get that news, especially this time of year. And you just you hope that it's not going to be that bad of a hit for a lot of these employees. But still, that's a that's a good chunk of your your income. That's a definitely a hit there. Some people, and I relate, 
you're living paycheck to paycheck. So, again, that's uh, where you look at some of the stuff and you see it happening and you you totally hate it for them. Now, um, this isn't as bad of news. This is actually okay. UTEP has a game coming up against UAB. It's been moved up one day to Friday, November 20th. It's going to be played um, in Midland, Texas, Grande Stadium. The game is set to kick off at 10 a.m. Mountain Time, 11 a.m. Central Time. And it's going to be played with no fans in attendance. The contest is going to be streamed live on ESPN+. And only, this is how they're doing this, only coaches, student athletes, support, support staff, officials, medical personnel, and media with a working function will be permitted into the stadium. Media is going to be asked to follow similar protocols as previous home games this season and not going to be permitted on the field. It's getting to the point now where we're having to get to maybe neutral locations, bubble as best you can to get some of these games going. And I mentioned this next story because I don't know what's going to happen with Marshall just yet. The columnist for the Herald-Dispatch, Chuck Landon, uh, illustrated in his piece about how West Virginia is going to allow about 20%, and so he did the exercise of seeing what maybe 20% will look like at the Cam Henderson Center for Marshall. And due to COVID-19, Duke University is going to begin its winter sports program seasons without spectators at home events. So that means basketball. No fans. Can you believe we're going to have a season where there won't be any Cameron crazies watching a Duke game? I mean, that's what made Duke basketball so special all those years. Not just the teams, not just what they're able to do on the basketball court, but the atmosphere. That's that's where we're getting, and this is real. Because there won't be any fans watching Duke basketball. This makes it a lot more real for all of us here. And so I'm not sure what we're going to see with Marshall just yet. Yeah, I don't think we're going to see that many fans. If 20% is what it is, that's what it is. You're not going to be any contact with players. You're not going to be at the lower bowl area. I mean, I, I can't imagine. Will there be a certain line that you can't cross? Okay, you can come down, sit this far in the lower bowl, but no further. And I'm talking about the upper portion of the lower bowl. I mean, where are we going to put fans? How are we going to do this? And is there going to be a lottery system? Okay, you're a season ticket holder. You get to do this. I mean, that hasn't been determined yet or it hasn't been released yet. And so we don't know yet. And I'm still... I'm not putting money down on it. I'm not going to say it's a lock, but I'm still wondering how much of any of the non-conference schedule are we going to see with Marshall basketball. So that's where we're at now with everything that's happening today in Conference USA. But I wanted to throw that Duke story in because, again, Duke, Duke University, no fans. No fans to watch Duke basketball. Now, I promised yesterday, um, and we're going to get to it right now, I wanted to hear just a couple minutes of Asher O'Hara. He's the quarterback for Middle Tennessee. If you have been following the series over the last few years, you know Marshall players know who Asher O'Hare is. And just want to get his thoughts. He talked a little bit about the 75 game as well. He's aware of it, so uh, it's not lost on the Middle Tennessee players when they come into Huntington on Saturday to play against the Thundering Herd. Here's Asher O'Hare, the quarterback for the Middle Tennessee Blue Raiders. 
starting asher. Right. Um, so coach kind of mentioned it there. This is the best statistical defense in the conference that you guys are going to be facing. Uh, what kind of concerns you most when you look at them on film that you guys are going to have to focus in on for Saturday? As a defense, they just really are super disciplined, sound, and it seems like they got a lot of chemistry. They know what they're doing, and they really believe in each other. You could tell their camaraderie on film. You could just see how many people get to the ball and stuff like that. So we just got to you know, not really think about them as much. We just have to play a perfect game on offense, not have any turnovers, get the ball moving, win up front, get, get some leverage going, and we're going to be fine. We'll make plays. but. Just overall, they're really sound defense. Saturday is going to be a really emotional day with them, with it being the 50, 50th anniversary of the, the plane crash. Coach kind of touched on that. I, for you guys, obviously, you mentioned it right there. How do you guys maybe keep your emotions in check and just focus on what you have to do? Yeah, I mean, of course, it's, it's a big deal to them. So it's an honor to be able to represent you know those people that are lost in that time and it's it's going to be a good game and they're going to get a lot of extra energy from that but at the end of the day we just have to stay true to ourselves and believe in each other we can't let anything outside really affect us and what's going on we just have to uh, take this game like it's any other game the most important one of the week you guys obviously wanted to play on saturday but because of things you can't control that didn't happen uh, did you see that maybe as like, a, okay, we get an extra week to rest or maybe would it have been better for you guys to have played on Saturday to prepare for a team like Marshall? Yeah, I think it's it could go both ways, but you might as well look at it the best way. And what we've done is just accept that it's a good week of rest, more time to you know get ready for a big game. We're, we have a chance to go and play a ranked Marshall team at their place. So... We're fresh for sure, and we're ready to go, and we're going to take it as a, a good thing that it happened. Asher O'Hare, quarterback for Middle Tennessee. You're going to see a lot of him on Saturday. When we continue, we're going to hear from Chip Walters, the voice of Middle Tennessee football. When we continue on today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Never miss a moment of The Drive with Paul Swan. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Coming up on Saturday, Marshall facing off against Middle Tennessee. And to tell us more, at least uh, as much as he possibly can about Middle Tennessee, is the longtime voice of Middle Tennessee football. We've got Chip Walters joining us. And, and Chip, um, this has been a crazy season. You uh, haven't had a game in a few weeks, so it's going to be a nice change of pace once again. It is, and, you know, it's it's kind of interesting because, you know, we haven't played in two weeks. and uh, But the way the season started after I think just about everybody lost most of their non-conference games, uh, the Blue Raiders were able to cobble a schedule back together with 11 games that included – Two with Troy, and uh, but uh, and 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 up until last week, I think Middle was one of only twenty schools that had played seven games to that point. So, you know, it just goes to show you that it it is a week by week proposition. Uh, you know, here locally, uh, obviously, the Alabama LSU game that was a big being postponed was a big deal, and. We found out here within the last hour, I guess, that Tennessee and Texas A&M are going to be postponed. So it is; uh, these are definitely unique times for sure. 
Well, the good news is we've got you a beautiful day dialed up for Saturday. Uh, we're looking forward to having you back here. This is probably, for me personally, uh, this series in Western Kentucky, my two favorite that Marshall plays in football. Uh, I really enjoy this series because it goes back and forth. There's really not one dominant team that has uh, one, four, or five straight. It's really a battle every time. Well, it has been, and but there have been, you know, if you're on the middle side of things, it feels like, you know, my gosh, when have we ever beaten those guys? But it was just, you know, a couple of years ago, middle got its first ever win uh, in Huntington after, you know, making a couple of playoff trips there back in the 90s and then, uh, it, it seemed like when middle has gotten the wins, a lot of times it's been an overtime or a block kick or, you know, something like that to, to salvage it. But it, it is a fun series. It's, it's one, I think with a, a ton of respect, I know stock and doc really like each other a lot and, and, and respect what, what each other does. And, and, you know, this team that, that doc has right now, you know, it's like, my gosh, you know, this is the kind of team you dream of. You look up and down the depth chart, and and every offensive lineman is a redshirt senior, and you know they're gigantic, and you've got a, a a young quarterback that they're protecting who's doing great things, and a bruising running back, and a defense that's just stifling. These are the kind of teams that, as a head coach, you dream about, and uh, and, and and you know everybody's trying to take a shot at this really really good Marshall team this year. I think you've come up with the name of a, either a, a sitcom or a podcast, <laughs> Stock and Doc, Doc and Stock. I like it. Yeah, I know they. It, it's uh, it's uh, and, and I thought the same thing when it popped out of my mouth right there. But you know, Coach Stockstill, like like I mentioned, he's good friends with Doc, and he's uh, equally as good friends with Brad Lambert. So uh, tonight we do uh, we do Coach Stock's radio show tonight, and. And so he, he's always quick to heap some praise on those guys. Yeah, I was part of that Zoom call yesterday, and uh, yeah, you could hear it. And you heard Doc as well, if you listen in a little bit of his, you know, mutual respect there. Um, this is a big one, though. Uh, Doc Doc likes to hang out with Stock when there's uh, nothing on the line, but this one's going to be really tight on Saturday for sure. Well, it is. And, you know, and in, in for middle, it's, you know, they've kind of gotten the ship straightened out a little bit. And, you know, once you do that, you looking forward you were looking forward to a home game against Charlotte, a team that had had got them pretty good a year ago and uh but uh and now you've got to try to continue the good things you've been doing against the best defense that's been on your schedule so far. And uh and for Marshall, you know, there's I'm sure there's some self imposed pressure of being, you know, number fifteen or number sixteen in the country, depending on which poll you look at and wanting to continue that in, uh, in, in, in a year where you may not have as many opportunities to put together that, you know, perfect or near perfect season. So you, you want to make the most of every outing you have. And, uh, and so far they've been able to do that. This is a, a different type of game coming up on Saturday and listening into, um, and we heard Asher O'Hare just a few minutes ago uh, before we came to you and you know, listening to Stock yesterday. They know when they come into Huntington, they come into this game on Saturday. This isn't just a normal game day. Uh, Marshall puts everything into this game. It's the most important game on the schedule. doesn't matter the opponent. It's just the most important game on the schedule in honor of the 75 victims of the plane crash in 1970. 
how careful does Middle Tennessee have to be to not get caught up into all of that and just come in and play a football game? Well, I mean, and I think that's what you have to do as a coach. But uh, to your point, uh, it, it is very appropriate that this is the most important game on, on Marshall's schedule each and every year, no matter the opponent, because, you know, because they gave all. They gave, those folks gave everything. And, and then, you know, as, as it rose from the ashes, it really enhances the spotlight on, on those 75 souls. Uh, but I think, you know, just like in regular life right now, you try to block out the noise. There's, there's plenty of it. And not that this is bad noise at all, but you have to, I think it's not that you don't play emotionally. I think you have to just focus on the football part of it. And, you know, I'm sure every player on this team has, you know, how many times have they, you know, seen We Are Marshall and how many, you know, how many are, have watched it this week, you know, just or in that kind of thing. But it's, uh, you know, it, it's one of those things. I think you have to go about your business, and that's something that middle is, you know, and, and I compare middle kind of with Charlotte about how they go about their business. Coach Stockstall is very, very even keeled. His staff is very mature and even keeled, and they go about their business that way, and they've had good success. Ten out of 14 years, they've been bowl eligible. And, you know, Charlotte, on the other hand, they're all about the emotion. They're all about trying to, to, to gin up the energy and that kind of thing. So, you know, I, I kind of think that, you know, and, and you always hear the old phrase that, you know, once you get hit in the mouth, it's just a football game. And there's a lot of truth to that, but it, it's still uh, it's still a big, big deal. And I think as middle is concerned, they've just got to worry about how they've game planned for this. They've, they've got to to uh, get scouting into the game and they have to to be able to get execution into the game because Marshall provides a, a set of challenges uh that are not easy for middle uh like Marshall's run defense uh is outstanding middle's running game has not necessarily been outstanding so you know they're I'm, I'm sure they'll try to get a little creative although once conference play started, Middle's averaging a little over 30 points a game. It's uh, those first two against Army and Troy. Uh, I mean, the, the, I'm not sure the wheels came off, but I'm not sure they had gotten on yet. And that that might have been the uh, – it was it was kind of a late start. Uh, once they, we got to San Antonio in late September, you know, things started straightening themselves out, and the Blue Raiders have one, two out of their last three. So – uh, they're just trying to build on some confidence. This is still a, a team that, uh, you know, is, is not, you know, it's not the team that, that Marshall has when you just look up and down the, the line that, I mean, you're happy with every position uh, that you've got plugged in there, number ones and probably number twos. This Marshall team is just, it's a special group, and and, and we don't have to be from Huntington to know that. This is, it, and, and, and the Blue Raiders will have to play their best this week uh, to take on this really good herd ball club. Okay, but on the flip side, we are well aware of quarterback Asher O'Hara. We know he's uh, still going to be a threat. Uh, is he graduated yet? Uh, can we? Can I? Can I walk him across the stage when he's done? Because that kid is—he uh, definitely is a, a, a really great quarterback. He is a—he is a very unique talent. And you asked me the same question two years ago about Brent Stockstall. So. Uh, but Asher is a Asher. Ha, is, for 
the folks in, in Huntington that haven't seen him yet, uh, you know, he was one of two quarterbacks in the country last year that threw for over 2,000 and ran for over 1,000. The other was Jalen Hurts in Oklahoma. Uh, he has – his intent this year has been to run less, and uh, and he, he, he said, I need to grow up and trust my teammates. Uh, I, I think last year a lot of it was, you know, okay, if it's going to get done, i got to do it myself. But Shaitan Mobley has come on a little bit lately, uh, and I know he I know he trusts his receivers more this year. Jaron Pierce, Yusuf Ali, C.J. Windham in particular, those three guys have, have kind of risen above the, the crowd a little bit. D.J. England Chisholm has great speed, and I wouldn't be surprised to see him involved in the running game a little more in jet sweep type things to kind of extend the running game a little bit, but you know, Asher's matured. He isn't. He hasn't run quite as much. He's 407 yards uh, in seven games, which is, you know, his his per game average is down. But the threat's still there, and that's and he is. I'm telling you, he's tougher than a bucket of wet leather, and and uh, and and you like that about him. Uh, and and he is just an absolute gem of a of a kid to to be around. Another guy that I wanted you to check on for me to make sure he's not there anymore is Giddy Potts, if you remember. I mean is he I, I, I wake up I have nightmares about Giddy Potts. Uh just there's a couple of brothers uh that wear green that uh that we had the same nightmares about. But Giddy Giddy's playing overseas. Uh matter of fact I had a on a local sports cast today uh the story that involved Giddy and that uh there was a young man who, at the at, when his career was over, a guy named Robert Cadi Taylor was the leading uh, scorer in Middles basketball history. He played in the late '80s, early '90s. Passed away over the weekend, and uh, and he had in in all of those years, in 30 years, the only two people that had passed him up were two other guys with really good nicknames, and that would be uh, Boogie Yates and Giddy Potts. So our, our top three scores of all time were boogie giddy and cat eye so uh but 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 uh, giddy is doing great he was playing over in in uh, southeast asia somewhere but uh middle's got a lot of guys playing in europe and, and in foreign countries right now and and uh and that you know we could talk another whole hour or so about the upcoming basketball season and and scheduling and all of that but uh yeah, Giddy Giddy is gone. Uh, I've got a copy of his transcript here. I'll I'll uh, forward along to you. Okay, I'll sleep easier now knowing that that's um, that's <laughs> actually happened here. What do you think makes this series what it is? So, um, I think there's a fondness and a a level of we want to get after each other. You see that with Western Kentucky and Marshall. You see that definitely with Middle and Western Kentucky. And I think you see that as well with these two teams. Yeah, this it's kind of the uh, I wouldn't say the Bermuda Triangle, but the the Huntington, Bowling Green, Murfreesboro, and, and I think a lot of it goes back to the one double A days, and 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 I think you know both fan bases have a real affinity for those for those years uh, because both teams were were powerhouses, and Western was a little bit later, but uh, in in those days the the, the triangle included. Richmond, Kentucky, with Eastern, but I think it goes back to that, and you know, and uh, <laughs> the uh, the hit Mike Caldwell put on a guy uh, in a playoff game up there that 
knocked him out uh, you know, unintentionally. Un- un- but, you know, the Todd Donnan had, you know, great games. And, and then the, to be able to pick that up in the 1A era and play in the same conference, I think, I think history maybe treats it well uh, because it is very competitive. It's competitive, uh, although, you know, uh, again, Marshall has had the upper hand more times than not, but Middles come in and even in some years where they weren't supposed to play very, very well and, and snuck out a victory or two against what may have been a superior uh, Marshall team. But again, and I, I think, you know, head coaches, uh, they project a lot about their program. Both guys are class individuals. Both guys are very, very good football coaches that have great backgrounds and both respect each other a lot. So I think that that permeates, uh, I think, uh, down the line, hopefully. Do you see this anywhere close to the 100 miles of Hader or just not there yet? Boy, you know, as long as Middle and Western are in the same conference, it will be hard for anything, you know, to to surpass that. you know, in, in in geography plays a whole lot with it, because you know, along with along with uh, Marshall, and although we don't play it every year, but UAB has become that that, that a similar type thing with Middle. But you know, the the hundred mile rivalry, uh, you know, it goes see it goes back over almost a hundred years that Middle and Western have been playing football. This was the seventy some odd meeting this year, but, but, uh, they've been playing each other about as long as either school has been playing football and, and that ability that, you know, to, to, to be there in an hour and a half, if you need to, uh, whether it's for football, basketball, baseball, soccer, or tiddlywinks, uh, you know, that, that rivalry is there. And, uh, you know, and, and, and I, and I've used the political analogy, the red state, blue state and uh and it has been uh it's been uh it's been a heated but very good it, to me it's the best rivalry in the conference and and uh and it's uh it's certainly you know in normal times when we can have it's one of those that that you open the doors you're going to have a lot of butts in the seats and uh so but you know it it I'm, I don't think there's quite as much respect as there is maybe between Middle and Marshall. It's a little more. It's a little more emotional. Joining us on the program, longtime voice of the Blue Raiders, Chip Walters, and the game is coming up on Saturday. Uh, speaking of butts in the seats, uh, of course, social distancing and uh, restrictions continue. Uh, about twelve thousand five hundred, the expected amount. Uh, I, I heard on the uh, the conference call someone asking um, stock. What makes it so hard to play uh, in Huntington? And he pointed out the fans. There might not be that many of them, but there's still going to be a, a factor in this one. Um, you know, compared to other places you probably have already been to. Yeah, I mean, we were at Rice, and it was you know it was there was just uh, I think maybe about 200 total people in there, or 400 because I think both teams had about 200 tickets for family players, family members, but uh, Army. Army was interesting because it there were the only people in the stands were the forty two hundred cadets, and they made some noise and and I have no doubt because of you know the between the thunderclaps and and everything else uh the the folks at marshall they know how to to make edward stadium 
uh, get loud. And we've already, I mean, already seen a couple of games on television from there. And, and, uh, and yeah, it looks like that they're putting in all that the, the law will allow, literally. Joining us on the program, uh, we get to see him coming up on Saturday, Chip Walters. And uh, you guys are busting in, so uh, night before uh, game day for you, how um, how's your trip going to look? Well, uh, for, for this trip, we normally fly, but obviously, you know, everybody's changed their travel plans just a little bit. Uh, and so the team will be busing. They're going to leave about 1030 Central Time. Uh, they always try to get to the hotel about five o'clock local time. So that's in, uh, and so that's, that's the plan. Me and my guys, uh, instead of uh, a bus, we're going to, we're going to drive it, uh, this time. And, uh, and also next week we go, we go play Troy a second time, as a matter of fact, next week. And, uh, those are about, those are both about five hour trips for us, little five and change. So that's not too bad. Uh, and so, we're going to, I think me and my guys, we're going to leave about 10 o'clock or so Saturday or Friday morning, get on up there. And, and then, uh, that also allows us to leave the hotel a little before the team does and get over. And, and, uh, as you know, what it's like to get the booth set up and the locker room stuff set up and all of that. So we can have it ready by the time they get there. Just remember, this isn't your only trip to Huntington this year. You get to come back in February for a double header. Extended stay, the two game series. The the, uh, the two game series. I'm, I'm interested to see what game times are going to be because I did. I think I saw on the conference website that they're asking uh, at first when they first came out with the Thursday Saturday same opponent schedule. You know there was a lot of talk about playing that Saturday game early in the afternoon so teams can go ahead and get home. And now with the Friday Saturday format. I uh, did see, I think, a note on there that they want 21 hours between between tip-offs. So uh, I'm all for playing that Friday game at about 5 o'clock and then uh, going ahead and, and so that will let us play at 2 o'clock on Saturday. That would be just fine with me. We can't wait to see you coming up on Saturday. Uh, you'll be here in Huntington. Uh, looking forward to it. Uh, Middle Tennessee is always one of my favorite uh, groups of people to come into Huntington. Well, good deal. We look forward to seeing you guys. I'm going to be talking to – uh, Steve later on tonight on uh, our coaches show so always look forward to coming up we'll be there so Chip, we're still going to make it Chip right. thank you I appreciate your time as always and we'll see you on Saturday take care bye bye Chip Walters he is the longtime voice of the Blue Raiders uh, when we continue uh, we're going to talk a little volleyball there's a lawsuit going on right now uh, trying to afford the opportunity for some student athletes to be able to participate in the tournament we're going to get an update with that Chris Dickerson is going to join us. Uh, you know him from the West Virginia record, but uh, he'll be joining us as a, a concerned parent when we continue with today's edition here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. You're listening to The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. We're presented by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Welcome back to The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. In a few minutes, we're going to hear from Chris Dickerson. He's going to get us an uh, update on uh, a lawsuit that's happening. Uh, several schools, several teams in um, Putnam County suing, trying to um, figure out uh, why different um, procedures are being adopted for one playoff bracket and not another. So he's going to clear 
it all up for us. So uh, he's waiting for a ruling. He's going to join me here as soon as he's got that. So until then, uh, we're going to hear just a few minutes of our conversation earlier this afternoon with Grant Wells, the reigning offensive player of the week in Conference USA. And that's where I began as uh, I got a chance to lead off questions this afternoon. Reigning Conference USA Offensive Player of the Week. Um, yeah, that doesn't get old, does it? Uh, certainly not yet. Um, but, you know, just take it back to, um, you know, every time I, I get, you know, an honor like that or something, you, you know, you're only successful as, you know, the people around you. So, um, you know, it seems fitting that it comes uh, after a huge one like that. Um, so, you know, I take that uh, not only as an individual award, but uh, as a team award. So this is um, this is going to be a special week for you. Uh, Seventy-five game doc with a lot of importance on it. Uh, this is going to be uh, your moment to play in this game. Uh, just what does it all mean to you? Yeah, like you said, it's going to be my first opportunity to go out there and um, you know represent that the seventy-five. Um, you know, as as a starting quarterback. So um, you know, there are a lot of emotions. And, um, you know, growing up hearing the story and all about it, um, and then being in the program for you know two years hearing, hearing about the, the, the story, uh, in the program, um, you know, it, it, it certainly, um, raises, you know, emotions this whole week. Um, you know, practice seems a little bit different, uh, meetings seem a little bit different, uh, because we know this game is, isn't about us anymore. Um, you know, as much as we want to go, uh, you know, keep our undefeated season, it's not about us. Um, you know, all of that goes out the window when, when we hit this week. And, to a man, you know, when you talk about this game, everyone says, you know, you don't lose this game, you can't lose this game. There's that much importance. Uh, do you feel any pressure? I mean, is, is it more resolve? Is it just that's what we have to do to make sure we win? I mean, what, what do you feel when you when you have that extra expectation? Uh, weird things happen on this week. Um, you know, I, I, there's someone new every year that, that seems to get their opportunity this week or plays go a certain way this week. Uh, but, yeah, there's definitely a little bit of pressure. But, um, you know, that pressure comes when, when you're when you're playing on a big stage and, and when you have so much to play for like we do this week. Um, you know, this whole community looks around this and, and rallies around this game as a sense of pride and, and um, you know, as a sense of, uh, you know, just for them to feel good knowing that this program has come such a long way from from where it was back in uh, back in 1970. Sure. Any extra emotion, you know, being uh, someone you know, a little bit closer to the program, the state, um, you know, you have you had to spend a lot of time maybe bringing a lot of people up to speed? Um, you know, being it was such a long time ago, I, I really didn't have that much connection to it other than the fact that, um, you know, growing up, playing football, being around my friends, that, uh, you know, they, they taught me a lot about this um, but even before I got here at Marshall. So, you know, I had a lot of background coming in, um, coming into you know college about this this week and about what happened. So, um, you know that, that that there is a sense of connection. Um, you know, this happened only an hour from my house, um, even if it was 50 years ago. But um, so yeah, there, there's certainly a little bit of connection there. And uh, I'll uh, I'll turn it over to everyone else in a second. Um, can you tell us a little bit about the Middle Tennessee? What have you seen? What's the challenge for you? Save big money in your um, next project. You know, Middle Tennessee throws a lot of a lot of um, unorthodox, like Will said, um, defense at you. Um, you know, last year I know 
over 90% of the, the, the plays we ran last year were, were some sort of blitz or, or some sort of odd look uh, that, that we, you know, have to prepare for. And that's just the challenge this week uh, when you look at middle. Um, so, you know, looking at their their defenses and what all they can bring uh, is certainly the center, uh, center point of this week. You talk about a lot of weird things happening around this game, and I'm sure – You've heard stories from coaches and players and other people already. Does anything stand out to you that someone's told you um, that's happened surrounding this game or some unusual story that you've heard? Um, you know, one thing, you know, just sticks out. The first is, is Rev, uh, you know, how close he was um, to this 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 uh, event uh, with his wife being a cheerleader uh, around that time and just how close he was. You know, he was here at that, that time, um, you know, around that time. So. Just how close you know our team chaplain was, and and how how important this game is to him, because you know he he's he's grown up a Marshall fan. He he's a graduate of Marshall, so um, you know having someone that close to the team and, and that close to everybody's hearts, so deeply affected by this, um, certainly hits home. For you this year, last year it kind of felt. Everyone always says that it's like the '75 is with them, and last year it certainly fell that way because two of Louisiana Tech starters got suspended. But you haven't experienced that yet. But have you heard about how it's always the '75 is always there in spirit from like past from other players, or maybe even Doc emphasizing that? Yeah, um, you know, like I said, and everybody says this week, weird things happen on this week, whether it's you know, plays going a certain way or, or calls getting going our way or what, whatever it is. So, um, you know, you, you certainly get the sense of that. And, um, you know, just the, the ceremony before, you know, I've only got to experience it one time, but, um, you know, certainly I'll, I'll get to experience it this week. But, um, you know, just you, you can just feel a, a different level of energy in the stadium when when we walk out and, uh, you know, next to uh, next to coach and, and everybody. So, um you know, through all throughout this week, there's certainly a, a different level, level of energy in this building. Grant, one thing that I've always wondered, you know, and, and I've even thought about this with me growing up and, and being around this area too, you know, it, it was very close that Marshall was going to basically cancel its football program and not bring football back. Can you imagine what it would have been like for you growing up if Marshall didn't have a football team? Yeah. Um, you know, like I said, this, it's amazing to see how how far this um, this program has has gone, um, you know, from from 1970, and it all started with that that young thundering herd. And, and and it's amazing to think, you know, what would what would life be like certainly around Huntington, if if you know that didn't happen, and you know they they really just gave up. And that's that's really been a focal point of of um, you know this week, and and what everybody tries to get through is just how relentless they were. And how um, you know, just you know, they just moved on from from uh, whatever that tragedy happened. So um, you know, certainly life would be different. And and I I know I'm glad that uh, for that young thundering herd team and and for them to push on. Does that make it a little more special that you all are undefeated and nationally ranked coming into this 75 game this year? Um. Honestly, no. You know, like I said earlier, all that goes, you know, we could be 0-8 right now or, or whatever we are um, going into this week and all that goes out the window. Uh, like I said, this this game means so much more than the 2020 season than it did, than, uh, 
than anything else. I mean, you know, the 50th year anniversary, especially, and and just the 75 week, every all that stuff goes out the window. Uh, so, and, and you realize you're going to play for so much more on Saturday. Grant, last year as a, you know, as a backup watching this game on the sidelines, what do you remember about your first 75 game? It was a night game. I know you guys came back in, in the end. What, what do you just remember about your first experience? Well, I know it was my first play. Uh, <laughs> that didn't go too well. But, uh, you know, just like I said earlier, just the emotions that, that goes on in the stadium. Uh, you know, we put we put the black jerseys on, um, and it all starts with – it all starts on, on Monday, the week of, um, you know, here hearing all the coaches and, and, and everybody around the, the program just tell you how special it is this week. So, um, you know, just the, just the energy is what I, what I remember most. And, uh, you know, is what, is what most is, stands out the most this week. Grant Wells on the game coming up on Saturday. Very important game to him and this entire Thundering Herd roster. We wrap it up when we continue with today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Now, back to The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Wrapping up today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Our phone line this hour brought to you by Miller Lite. Tomorrow on the program, we hope to hear from Chris Dickerson. We've been, um, we've been communicating off air. Uh, no decision yet. There's a, uh, a case being heard right now involving teams in Putnam County not being able to participate in the state volleyball tournament. And so no ruling yet there. Hopefully we're going to have something at least tonight. I'll have Chris on to talk about it tomorrow. Of course, you know Chris, uh, many years working in uh, local sports, works uh, with the West Virginia record, but uh, he'll be joining me on the program tomorrow uh, as more of a uh, parent with Daughters on the volleyball teams that are impacted as more so than a reporter. So uh, just want to qualify that. And, of course, uh, Chris would make that qualification as well. Uh, this is something that's personal to him. So we're going to have him on the on the show, give his side of everything, what they're trying to do as far as access to the tournament, teams that are eligible that can't play, and why the tournament is different than what is happening for football. So all of that's coming up tomorrow. And, of course, you don't know what we're going to have. Uh, I suspect we'll have some player interviews for you as well. So tune in tomorrow. You never know what you're going to hear until you hear it right here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. That was a, that, that was a tease. That was a generic but effective tease to remind you you don't know what you're going to hear. So tune in. Good stuff today. Um, I want to thank Chip Walters joining us on the program. Always fun to talk to him. He definitely uh, one of our favorite people to come in to Huntington along with Middle Tennessee. I like playing Middle. I like playing Western Kentucky. I like these opponents. These are the teams that I, I enjoy the most seeing on the roster. When you look at the schedule, you look down those rosters, you look down those schedules, and you see Western Kentucky, you see Middle. I, I like seeing those guys. That's going to do it for this edition. Thanks for tuning in. Back tomorrow, we'll do it all over again on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930.
WRBC Huntington, W227BS Huntington, your flagship home of the Marshall Thundering Herd and The Drive with Paul Swan, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930.